Welcome into Straight Up Sports. I am your host, Devin Albertson. It's that time of year. It's Thanksgiving. It's time for an eight-man state championship. I will break down the game and also get to a little bit of news in eight-man football coming up next. Okay, now we are here. It's the state championship game back in August. I asked every coach in the state, will we get a season in? How much of a season will we get in? Most coaches told me, let's see how the first three or four games go, and then we'll go from there. We withstood what was going to happen here with coronavirus this season. Uh, There were some cancellations. There were some playoff games that were canceled. Uh, There were games that were postponed. A lot of stuff changed, but we are here. We are in the final week of the season, as I believe the week 15 technically is the one, two, three, four, five. I think it's week 14 um, of the season now of eight-man football. I've been to a lot of games this year. It's been a blast. I've been to more games this year than I have maybe the last two years combined just with the way the schedule worked out. Um, so it's been a blast to watch the teams play this year, but it's time for the two teams that in our media poll were one and two with North Andrew and Southwest Livingston. Uh, North Andrew had been one for most of the year after Mountain City kind of fell off there with their injuries and stuff. Um, and then of course there was Southwest Livingston. They had been in the top five ever since their win over South Holt, Nottie Holt back in week number two. Let me actually pull this up real quick to see what the media rankings actually were. Um, I know who I had in my initial top 10, and it was not good. I will admit that right now. We'll get to that real quick before talking about the game a little bit, and this how wrong I was back in week number one. So let me just get this pulled up here. I should have this pulled up anyways, but I didn't think I'd be making fun of myself to start this podcast, but here we are after Thanksgiving. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for you guys and enjoying the content I put out here for you for the kids for eight-man football it's been a blast. So when we started the year, Southwest Livingston was five in the rankings and North Andrew was number nine in the rankings that I put in there. This was my top 10 to start the year. Mound City, Worth County, South Holt, Maui Holt, North Shelby, Albany, Drexel, Oric, Stanbury, Pattonsburg, North Andrew. Teams I considered were Rich Hill, EA, Archie, King City, and Southwest. Well, four of the teams I considered were better than some of the teams I had in the top 10, um, including teams like Worth County, Mound City, Oric, and Pattonsburg, because those four teams all ended up being the top five. I was early on Albany. I will give myself credit for that one. There were a couple of people who were early on Albany, um, but they ended up finishing about where I thought they would. I thought they were a really good team. This coronavirus kind of knocked out their season. Yeah, but um, and I have an order. I thought Rich Hill would be really good down south. I thought they'd be the second-best team down there. Um, I didn't know what to expect that EA offensively, and that's kind of what we saw all year, but their defense is much better than I expected. Um, Archie, I thought they were decent after watching the Jamboree, but I couldn't tell. I thought King City would be solid, but I don't know where they were going to stand in the GRC because I had the other five teams in the conference ranked. And then Southwest, I had them as 15th to start the year. I really did. I had them way outside. I had them and EA both outside of my top 10. That first week on Sunday, I wasn't overly impressed with either team, really. I'm like, eh, maybe. I had just seen South Oklahoma Holt beat up on Worth County last week, and I'm like, Man, I don't know if these teams can continue with Southwest Nami Holt. And then the next week, Southwest Livingston going in here. Uh, they moved to four in the rankings. The Spartans were number three and got a first place vote. It was a big 3-4 matchup over in Ludlow. 
Um, I still had Southwest at 11. I did not have them in my top 10. My top 10 the next week was Mountain City, Southland, Lawley Holt, North Shelby, Albany, Drexel, Stanbury, Woco, Pattonsburg, Archie, North Andrew, with Southwest and Rich Hill on the outside looking in. Um, I gave Archie a lot of credit for that week one win. They dominated. I can't remember who they dominated in week one. Um, Liberal in week one. So, hey, maybe they're a little better than I thought they were. And Archie ended up being pretty good. That was not the team I shouldn't have had in my top ten at the time. Um, so, yeah, you go into that next week, three versus four, Southwest Livingston, Southwest Holt, Holt, and woof, <clears throat> Southwest took it to them. They just took it right to them. The final score of that one was 76-38 Southwest. They move on. They moved to number three in the overall rankings, and I bumped them from 11 to three in mine because I was really high on Southwest Holt, Holt. Um, and at that, at that point, I'm like, I was wrong on Southwest. Um, I talked to Coach Magruder. I talked to some of their players. I'm like, yeah, I was wrong. I mean, you guys played much better up front than I thought you would, and so I was wrong there, so I moved up to number three. And I had North Andrew still at 10. So as you can see here, I had North Andrew at 10 in my first three rankings. They had kind of won some close games. Uh, they were higher in the actual media poll than what I had them at, um, nine, up to six, down to seven. So they were right in that bottom top 10 kind of deal. Go to week four, and this is right before the Mound City Southwest Livingston game. Uh, they're one versus three. Mount City was one. Livingston was three at the time. Mount City had seven of the eight first place votes with North Shelby getting the other one. Uh, North Andrew, I had moved him up to five in my point rankings at this point um, after their win against Pattonsburg, who was at the time number four, number five in my rankings. Um, Pattonsburg kind of fell off a cliff after this. But North Andrew, they had jumped to a top five team there, tied with Stanbury in the top five. So I was thinking, okay. You got Livingston, North Andrew, both at this point in week four. The media members had seen enough here. We started to figure out our top five. I think our top six at this point is pretty good with Mound City, North Shelby, Livingston, North Andrew, Stanbury, Drexel, with Archie and South Lenormand. So our top eight, I think, at this point are pretty good. Uh, Mound City falling off a cliff there really hurt them uh, with their injuries and coronavirus stuff. It, it dismantled their program early over there this year. Um, then week five, Southwest lost. I had not dropped them in the rankings for losing to Mound City because I think they actually should have won that game. Going back and just thinking about that game and what all had to happen for Mound City to win that one. Southwest, I think if Southwest had played a full-strength Mound City for a second straight time, I think Southwest would have beat them. But we'll never know with Mound City, everything that happened over there. Um, so we go into week five, and they're three and four in the rankings. Um, so, And I have Livingston three, North Andrew four. So that's kind of where I had them at that point. You go to week six, and at this point, it was North Andrew was about to play North Shelby. North Andrew beat North Shelby, so they actually jumped over them in the rankings, up over Southwest Livingston. So it went Mount City, North Andrew, Southwest, Stanbury, North Shelby in the top five, followed by Drexel. Um, and I actually still had Livingston over North Andrew at this point. I had it Mount City one, Livingston two, Stanbury, then North Andrew in my top four, followed by North Shelby and Drexel. So that was my top four. EA had jumped back in my rankings at this point uh, for the first time all year. Pattonsburg was on the outs was just, was right there in the bubble. Um, week seven for me, EA goes in the top ten at this point in the season, and they kind of stayed there for the rest of the year. Um, they jumped up pretty big after beating Mound City. Mound City uh, with injuries. This is where they fell off a cliff. This is where North Andrew and week seven is where I put North Andrew number one and Southwest number two. North Andrew had just beaten North Andrew, just beaten Short North Shelby, 
They had just beaten Stanbury back-to-back weeks. They were two huge wins for that program to get the number one. Uh, I had Southwest at number two in my rankings. So they were right there back and forth. Uh, North Andrew was almost unanimous number one team. Only one person had Southwest number one, and it wasn't me. Um, Nouncey was still hanging on to a top five team. Um, they were to play South Holt Holt. That was going to change here very quickly. I had Mount at number seven in my rankings at that point. Still probably too high uh, based on their current um, stature of the time. Uh, week eight, um, let's see here. Yeah, Southwest, Livingston, I put them number one at this point, and I left them number one ever since. Um, I just kept thinking them, North Andrew, I've seen it go back and forth, and I just kept – I'm like, you know what, Southwest I think is better. I just think they're a little more explosive. I think they can win in more ways, and North Andrew has to win a certain way, and they keep winning that way. It's just I think Southwest can play more multiple systems and everything like that. Um, but North Andrew stayed number one in the rankings, Livingston two. Uh, I had put Drexel three, South Alabama at four. That's a pretty good summation, I think, of what happened this year. EA and Stanbury at five, six. They were playing each other later in the year, that week actually. So you go to week nine. Right here, it's still North Andrew, then Southwest in the media pool. I have Southwest still first in mine, along with one other person. Then we go to the playoff poll, and I still have Southwest number one in mine and North Andrew number two. And now there's three people who think, including me, who think Southwest number one and North Andrew number two. So it's pretty split among the media guys. Um, Southwest is as low as three in one person's poll, who I will not mention, Anthony. Um, so you just remember that Magruder. He didn't like pecan pie, and he had you guys behind Drexel. So... That's just what I'm going to say right there. He, he likes Coach Gene a little more than you. Um, I'm just stirring up stuff now. Um, but, yeah, so Southwest, I have number one. Had them number one over the last month of the season pretty much. Um, and I just think they're a really good team. And I think North Andrew is a heck of a football team as well. And if you look at these two teams, um, they've both played five teams that the other person has played. They've both played DeKalb, both won pretty handily. Both played King City. Both won um, by multiple scores. Southwest in a shootout. North Andrew in a more conventional game. Uh, they both beat North Shelby. And they both beat South Holt Nolly Holt. Livingston was much more impressive in their win over them. But North Andrew got the Spartans later in the season when they were probably ramping up a little bit in South Holt Nolly Holt. Maybe should have won that game. And that first game was Southwest. That game was much closer than what the scoreboard indicates. And they both rolled over Stewartsville Osborne. So five games there. Two versus bad teams, another versus a solid King City team, then two more versus good North Shelby teams. Um, and I think the two, these two teams play completely different styles. I mean, if you look at them, points per game, Southwest Livingston 64.5, North Andrew 48. Points allowed, Southwest 28.2, North Andrew 21. Um, I think these two teams are very good. I am really happy with this matchup right now. I think there's two of the top teams in the state for sure. They've both proven that at this point. I mean, North Andrew, they, they had to beat South Holt, Nottaway Holt, and Stanbury to get here. Livingston, they had to beat Drexel to get here. They had to beat North Shelby to get here. That's They've both beaten, I think, two borderline top five teams each there to get to this point uh, in the playoffs. Um, so very impressed with both these teams this year. And kind of things that I'm looking for in this one kind of going forward, um, of course, the running game, we're starting with North Andrew. Their, their running game is really good. They are huge up front. Um, Chittam, Walker, among others there. I'm trying to think all the guys there for North Andrew. They are a big football team. They have a lot of size up front. And I'm just, I've been really impressed with the way they've controlled the line of scrimmage versus everyone they've really played this year um, with just their size and just girth up front. Um, they don't have a whole lot of team speed, in my opinion. 
Um, I think the Ecker kid's pretty fast. I think the Linville kid's a good athlete, but they don't have any just straight-up burners like you see with a lot of teams that go this far in the playoffs we've seen in the past. Um, but, man, they are big up front, and they know what they do well. I mean, Clayton Linville, he's a good-sized kid. Uh, Winston Walker, Brewer Wheeler's a good-sized kid. Um, the Shunk kid, Warner, he's been out most of the year, but he's a good-sized kid whenever he was playing. Um, let's see here. I'll go through this. Give me a second. Yeah, Chittam's a, a good-sized player for them as well, Caleb. Um, they just have a lot of size up front. Carson Thomas playing quarterback. He was our fullback the last couple of years. He's moved to quarterback. He's played very well there. Andrew Goff's a nice little size running back they have there. Um, and, of course, Ecker has been their kind of a workhorse here late in the year. Uh, Carson Thomas just under 1,000 yards passing this year. I have him for 17 passing touchdowns. I think they have one missing there on Max Preps. I saw versus North Shelby. That's not being counted on there. Um, and then running the ball, Ecker has 1,700 yards, which is the third in the state. Carson Thomas has 1,400 yards, which is seventh in the state, right behind Tucker Sheeper for Stanberry. Um, so they have two of the top seven total rushers in the state there with Ecker and Thomas in the backfield. Um, and Goff, he's thrown in another almost 700 yards on the ground, so he's top 30 in the state, right around the Ian Hedlund, Drew Quinlan, or Ethan Irvin kind of area there for running yards uh, this season for North Andrew. Um, he hadn't got the ball here recently as much, a sophomore. Uh, I think he has a couple fumble issues, so they said, eh, we're just going to let Ecker and Thomas run the ball a little bit more. Um, and it's worked out just fine for them. They've beaten two top five teams, so good decision there. Um, Ecker has 31 touchdowns rushing. Thomas has 20. I mean, they're really good there. They like to throw the ball to Wheeler and Linville on the outside when they do decide to throw. They're not a team that's going to throw first, though. They're going to throw when it's an opportune time and when they can get a little play action and get the team um, biting so hard in the running game, they can come over the top. But, I mean, Carson Thomas, he's got almost 2,400 yards on the season total offense, 37 touchdowns. Ecker, 34 touchdowns, just over 2,000 yards of total offense. Um, they're both top eight. There's eight guys in the state this year with over 2,000 yards of offense. I'll name them real quick. Uh, Zane Reed from Pattonsburg, Wes Hughes from Southwest, Parker Muff from King City, Blake Buchanan, Oric, Carson Thomas, North Andrew, Jacob Coffey from Drexel, Cameron Jones from Pattonsburg, and then Hayden Ecker from North Andrew. Um, this does not include Dylan Sutton's last two or three games, so he might actually be up there as well. Uh, just RG hadn't posted since their Concordia games. They're missing their last two games, I think. Maybe three. They might miss all three of their playoff games. But, yeah, um, I think he's over that 2,000-yard mark. I, I guess he had quite a few yards there versus Drexel as well. Um, he only had 33 touchdowns on max drops. He's probably up close to 40 at this point. So um, that's kind of where I'm guessing where he's kind of at after seeing him play a little bit. He's a very good football player down there at Archie. Um, but touchdowns, Wes Hughes leads the state with 79 touchdowns, followed by Zane Reed with Pattonsburg with 72 Jacob Coffey with 46, Muff 42, Buchanan 41, then Carson Thomas and Drew Quillen both with 37. Uh, Dan Lowe from Hughesville has 35, and then Gunnar Miller and Ecker both have 34. That's what I have updated there with Max Preps. Um, but this, this North Andrew team, they're physical. Them and South Holt Maui Holt play a very similar style of just, hey, we are not going to fool you. We are going to run down your throat. They have some inline, a um, little bit of option. They – they run their stuff and they run it well. I mean, that's there's no other way to say it there with with North Andrew, um, and they're just going to grind on you for four miserable quarters. As um, Coach Williams said before the Southland Nami Holt game, it's going to be a bar fight, and they love those bar fights. They're that guy on Saturday night who just wants to do a bar fight, and they're going to win that bar fight. 
So this is what they're going to try to do on Saturday afternoon. They're going to try to muddy the game up there. They're going to try to hit Southwest's quick guys and kind of bang them up a little bit and say, hey, we're going to play a physical football game here. And I'm very excited to see how Southwest can handle it. And I think they can. I mean, they've handled – EA's a pretty physical team. They handled them. Um, Southwest Mountain holds a very physical team. They were able to withstand that um, going forward. I think North Shelby's decently physical as well. Um, and they were able to handle them as well. With the Lensford kid up front, it's a stud. Um, so this Livingston game, it's going to ride a lot on the shoulders of their guys up front. So everyone knows about Jaden Sears. Everyone knows about Jaden Sears and how good he is. But it's not just Jaden. It's um, Owen H. He's going to have a big game. He has to. Um, let's see. With Sears is listed at 6'3", 215. H at 6'2", Um Those two guys have to do a good job up front. But also, not just that, Morgan Anderson at 6'3", 205. And then you can't forget Glenn Holt in the middle there at 6'3", 240. Those four have to play their best game of the season. They withstood a little bit versus Drexel. They kind of got pushed around a little bit early, but they were able to solidify a little more up front and really shut down uh, Drexel for a while um, after kind of adjusting to them a little bit. Uh, but those four have to play well up front. Two seniors and then the two underclassmen in the middle there with Holt and Aish. I think Holt's a sophomore. Aish is a junior with Anderson and Sears, both on the outside of seniors. Those guys have to play well up front. Then Patrick Warren, he's a good little linebacker they have for it, six foot one ninety five. Um, I like what he does. He brings a lot of physicality to the middle of that defense there for him. He has to play well. And then of course you have the other guys in Keeney, who's only a buck forty. Harris only a buck forty. Neptune a buck fifty. Uh, but Neptune, he's a physical buck fifty. If he's healthy and can play this game, he changes a lot of stuff for Southwest Livingston. He's maybe the best player on the field whenever he's healthy but he hasn't really been that healthy recently here for Southwest, which is why it's been that impressive that they have been able to be this dominant kind of in the playoffs, even with him at like 70% or so. I'm not even sure that's the right number or not, but he's definitely not 100%. You can just tell when he's running, he's not 100%, but he's still out there gutting it out for Southwest Livingston. I'm trying to get their first state championship in school history. This is their third appearance. They made it back in 1990 when they lost to my alma mater, not only Holt, um, in that state championship game. Um, based on what I've read, a lot of stuff that came out this week, Southwest only had 10 kids in their roster. So that's hella impressive to make a state championship there. Uh, they lose 49-12, to 12, but they beat North Andrew that year in the semifinals to make the state championship game. Kind of upset them. That Southwest team was a kind of a ragtag bunch from what I'm kind of reading everything. I think Neptune's dad was on that roster. Um, and a couple other guys that I've kind of just seen there. Um, so very kind of a coming, to, coming around moment here for Southwest that 30 years later, you had those guys um, in 1990. You had the state run last year where they ended up losing to Mound City, but they were able to get to the state championship game by upsetting Pattonsburg in the semifinals. A lot of a lot of similarities last year, but this year, I think they're actually better this year, even though they lost Mac Anderson, which is crazy to say because Mac's a very good football player. Um, he's actually playing basketball right now at North Central. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he tries to walk on to a football program next year. Um, I think he's a very good football player. and But they kind of got leaning on Mac because – well, you have Derrick Henry in high school. You're like, hey, we're going to give him the ball and let him just go. Um, but this year, they're much more multiple. And Wes Hughes, I haven't talked about him yet, but, man, he's a good player. And he's not the fastest kid, but he's elusive and, like, deceivingly elusive kind of thing. I don't know how to describe it, but he gets overrun by more defenders than I've seen in a long time. I know North Shelby had a lot of guys – they overran him. That's kind of why they lost that game because he would scramble out, 
and they had a beat on him, and then he would just make one little subtle move, and all of a sudden he's running loose. Like, what? How? I saw a lot versus Drexel where he was making guys miss in the open field that you wouldn't expect that to kind of happen with his kind of physical attributes, but he's just that kind of athlete. He's he's elusive. He's not fast or quick by by. I don't think he's overly fast or quick. He's not one of like he's not Chase, Chase Neptune quick or kind of like guys who are just super fast or a Dylan Sutton fast. He's not those kind of type of things, but he's just elusive and he's just a, a smooth athlete. Actually, you know what? Kind of think about it now. It's the smoothest kind of Jake McNinney had last year for East Ashton, but he's a little quicker with it. That's a, I think it's a really good thing about it now. That's a pretty good little um, analysis there. And he's playing in the spreads. So he's a little more room to run there and everything for him. So Wes Hughes, the transfer from Illinois, he actually grew up in uh, Southwest Livingston up until fifth grade, and they moved. They moved back here. And it's been great for not only Wes, but also for the football team as they've made a deep run here that they wouldn't have done without him moving in here. I think they've been a good team this year, but they don't have that explosiveness there in the passing game they have with Wes this season. I mean, if you look at their receiving – Chase Neptune hadn't played the last half the year really at receiver. Um, and he's still fifth in the state receiving at 813 yards. Keeney's just under 1,000, just one yard away. Hare is at 650, 646, just under 650. He's top 10. So they got three receivers in the top 10. Of course, the other team, Pattenburg, they always do with Jones, E. Megan Langfit. They have 2,200 and 800. Um, they're freaks over Pattenburg throwing the ball. Um, yeah, so they're going to do a great job. Um, but Patrick Warren has, also has almost 400 yards. And then also, uh, Jaden Sears, 250 yards receiving, only playing receiver the last four games now, I think, versus King City, um, Concordia, North Shelby, and Drexel. He had last four games. Uh, so he's done a nice job out there on the outside, catching passes. He caught a touchdown there in the semifinal game. Uh, Jaden Sears, one of the better players in the field this Friday. I mean, he plays D end. He played center to start the year. He's playing receiver. He's one of the best defensive players in the state. He'll be him and Linville will be the two best defensive players in the field there on Saturday afternoon. I think Patrick Warren's really good, but I think Sears what makes that defense kind of run because you have to run away from him most of the time. If you do run at him, good luck. If you run away from him, good luck. So he's going to chase you down from the backside. He's a very good football player. He hits hard. Clayton Linville's been one of the better linebackers in the state the last couple of years. He has almost 200 tackles on the season now. Uh, Winston Walker up front for North Andrew has 40 tackles for loss, which leads the state by 12 over Drexel's Jacob Coffey. Linville and Thomas both over 20 as well with 24 and 22. Sears with 21 tackles for loss. Ace with 17. Anderson with 16. I mean, Patrick Warren with 13. There's a lot of good defensive players. Lynn Holt with 11 there for North, for Southwest. 10 apiece for Chittam and Wheeler. I mean, these two teams have lived in the opposing team's backfield all season long. Top two guys in sacks with Sears with 11, Walker with 10, Thomas with 9, Brewer Wheeler with 8. I mean, you have some really good football players here um, for both these teams. Um, but I'm going to take Southwest Livingston to win this game. Despite, I think North Angeles is a more physical team. I just think Southwest at this point, um, there's a little more explosive on the outside. And if this game starts to get up to what you want to do here, I think Southwest can get up the field a little bit. Um, on them and score some points. I'm taking Southwest by a touchdown here in this one. So give me Southwest Livingston win a state championship. I will see everybody on Saturday. Uh, so good luck to Coach Magruder and to Coach Williams there for each team. I'll good luck both teams. A lot of good kids in the field here for uh, Saturday afternoon, and it should be an excellent state championship game. Uh, so thanks guys for listening, and good luck to both those teams on Saturday.
Okay, and then one final thing here for this podcast for the state championship game on Saturday. A little more movement here with some reclassifications going into 2021. I want to touch on real quick. Of course, we all know that Knox County is going down. Tate Man going to 2021. They're over close to North Shelby. So North Shelby will actually have a game within an hour and a half going into 2021. So good for them. Um, so good for Knox County to come down. St. Christian, Northland Christian, their co-op is ending, and they're both going to – so St. Christian is going to return to 8-Man, and Northland Christian is going to start their own program and go to 8-Man as well. There would be too big combined to go to 8-Man with their population. I think that 173. You have to be under 150 for a freshman through juniors uh, enrollment to drop down to 8-Man. So Northland Christian and St. Joe Christian are both going to drop down next season, so that's going to push up to 37. Then we got word this past week that Greenfield – who was um, eight-man for a couple of years there, I think 2014 through 17, I believe. They had four years in eight-man, uh, including a year where they were undefeated in the regular season, lost their playoff game to Sacred Heart. And the following year, they went 9-2 and two with two losses to Sacred Heart. So they were good there for a couple of seasons uh, before going back to 11-man. They started the last three years going 7-4, and four, then 1-8, and eight, no and 6. Uh, so they're kind of come back here. The biggest thing with Greenfield when they went down – Back up in the first place was they didn't have any close games to schedule. They had to come up. They're way down by Springfield. They had to schedule a game versus Northwest Nottoway and North Andrew. And just it was a long drive for them. They didn't think it was uh, feasible for them to stay down there with those long travels. Uh, but with Wemo schools uh, dropping down there with Drexel, Archie, Liberal, Appleton City, Jasper, Osceola, with them all dropping down there with them, they now have some more scheduling alliances that are closer to home. So I think this is going to work a lot better. Greenfield in that community to maybe embrace a- the first time they dropped down with some uh, parents and just school pride that hey we're an 11 man school I think this time around they're going to realize that hey we can schedule this closer we don't have to travel as far we can be more competitive it's better for the kids you know you're not throwing kids out there who aren't ready to play against really good teams just getting smoked so I think it's gonna be good for Greenfield to come down as well so we're looking at back with our numbers hopefully increasing over there with the number of kids going out for football um so 38 kids i expect next year um be the first time in eight man history that we don't have just four districts i'm guessing we'll have eight would be my guess of um five to four teams per district that'd be my guess we'll kind of see what mission does with it i thought this year we would go to um eight districts we stayed with four and with some covid uh, cancellations it worked out pretty well uh, but i'm pretty excited for next season Excited for the teams that are either returning or coming to Eight Man for the first time. I think they'll enjoy it. Uh, from what I've heard, Scotland County isn't ready to make that move over in the northeast part of the state, so neither will Paris or uh, other schools over there. They're just not quite ready to make that move, um, despite teams over there kind of pushing for them to do so. I will see more teams down south. At just this point, there's some teams down south who are just too big to actually drop down, but they need to numbers-wise for the football team. They're kind of in a weird spot. Because uh, I said earlier, 150 for freshman through junior enrollment to drop down. Um, the biggest team we had this year was uh, Lutheran. They were right at 150. Um, so I'm hoping they can kind of still stay here or if Mitch makes an exception for them because they need to stay an eight-man. Um, other schools you could kind of see that probably should but can't would be Sherwood and Pleasant Hope. They both have enrollments near 190, uh, but they both have some number problems that are not competitive right now, 11-man. I think Maysville – probably wants to, maybe probably needs to at this point, but they have 178 combined enrollment between them and Winston with their co-op. Maisel by themselves at 132 could, but with their co-op with, with Winston, it keeps them over the top. Uh, Louisiana, they're at 164, and they haven't won more than one game in the last decade. 
Uh, so they probably should as well, but they're kind of at the point where they can't at this point. Um, Slater, I think they should. They're at 95 for their enrollment. They're about the same size as a North Andrew, Albany, Norbert Harden Central kind of deal. They should probably drop down. They almost did a couple of years ago, but decided not to. Uh, Sweet Springs are at 132. They've, there's been hurt, talks that they might hear and join the I-70 conference with like Concordia and all them, Santa Fe. And then Lockwood is going to lose Golden City for their co-op. So Lockwood's going to be around 75 enrollments. I think they're going to have to drop down as well after losing the 58 enrollment school there with Golden City. I think it's going to go with um, Lamar over there instead of Lockwood. So I think Lockwood's got to drop down as well. So, well, I think we're going to get the 40 teams. If not in 2021, by 2022, we'll be over 40. Um, so eight man's growing across the state. And I'll keep you updated. Just make sure you guys follow uh, Mo Eight Man Football on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll post updates if anything does change between now and the beginning of next year, which I have a feeling that it will. Because we didn't know at this point last year if some of these teams that, in the Wemo that were going to drop down, they and they did. So we'll have to see what goes on going forward. Uh, again, good luck to both the teams on Saturday. Stay safe. I'll see you guys there in Chillicothe for a 1 o'clock kickoff. Um, I'll be on, I think it's midvid.com uh, for their pregame and halftime shows. Uh, we'll post a link there as well. I'm going to join jump on there and talk about the game as well for the pregame and the halftime. So uh, check out that link as well for the game. There's, a, I think there's a free audio link and, there, of course, the Misha feed to them as well. I think it's $10 or $15 for the game. So enjoy that. Uh, enjoy the games. And football season's almost over. Enjoy every second of it. That's it for me for Straight Up Sports. I'm Devin Albertson. Mm-hmm.